0: about, we've been talking about 12, say 12, 12 promises of God for 2012, 12 promises of God for 2012, and, thanks bro, our, our premise, our premise is, our premise, our baseline, say baseline, like our foundation, say foundation, like say our rock, our rock, our rock, okay, nobody has said that, but okay, so like our launching pad, launching pad. Uh, thanks, Kaylee. Our launching pad is, is simply this, that, that we as humans have a lot of needs. Say needs. Say I, come on, say I, I am, am. Really, really needy. It's true. You are really <coughs> needy. And it's okay. You don't have to be mad at yourself. You don't have to beat yourself up. Just know you're needy. And if you're needy, then you need <coughs> a Savior you don't need a Savior if you're not needy, right? You don't, you don't need a Savior um, if you don't need rescued. So we all need rescued. I need rescued, and you need rescued. And you got to realize that in God's rescuing, he was very intentional. So you have very specific and intentional needs and desires in your heart. And what we're saying is that every promise that God gives you through your faith in Jesus Christ, meets that need, <clears throat> even as a junior higher, or even as a high schooler, even as a college-age student, every desire you have can be met, can be filled, can be satisfied through your relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus doesn't leave you hanging. <clears throat> in other words, Jesus doesn't just forgive your sins and pat you on the back and say, I hope you live a good life. Jesus is very intentional about saving your entire body and he is very very considerate about all of who you are and all of who you are not. Jesus is not just the guy who died for you so that you can feel better about yourself. He gave you some things. Really, he gave you himself and himself meets every need. So we've been talking about promises and the first three promises, anybody remember them? Does anyone remember what we said last week? What did did Reed teach on last week? Peace. Peace. Oh, good. So Reed, last week, taught on peace. The week before that? (laughs) Forgiveness. Thank you, right? Somebody said forgiveness. That that if you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you, right? If you confess your sin, God is faithful uh, to forgive you. And what was the first one we talked about? God will always be, I didn't remember, so thank you for reminding me. God will always be with us. So the three promises we've discussed so far is that God is always with you. That's a good promise from 2012. In 2012 and in 2013, to the end of your life, Jesus says, I will be with you. Don't make promises to God that you're never going to leave him. Just think about his promise to you that he'll never leave you. The second thing is that if you confess your sin, he will forgive you. Don't make, your pro- don't make promises to God that you will never sin. Make a, make a confession that he will forgive you when you sin and you confess it, okay? So think more about his promise to you and less about your promise to him. Because your promises to him will fail, but his promises to you will never fail. Thirdly, peace. And I don't know exactly what Reed taught on last week, but I know that Jesus says he gave us his peace in John chapter 14. No matter what you go through, you have peace. And tonight we're going to discuss good word. Joy. J-O-Y. Say joy. And if, as I teach on this, i got to make sure I smile the whole time, otherwise I'm a hypocrite. So if I look cheesy for a little bit, just know that I'm trying not to be a hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. Okay, I don't know what I was trying to say there. John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse 11. My title tonight is Your Joy Will Overflow. Your joy will overflow. Overflow. I'm going to teach for about 15 minutes. God help me. What time is it? And at the end, at the end of my teaching, I have um, something fun. Okay, John 15, verse 11. John 15, verse 11. You there? John 15, Jesus is saying <coughs> that if you abide in him. Is that water? Do you mind if I have a drink of that water? Jesus, it's all warm. Uh, Jesus is saying that. That if you abide in him, and he abides in you, you will bear much fruit. Say fruit. Jesus is saying, look, if I am in you, and you are in me, if we are in each other, man, you're going to bear much fruit, and it's going to be good your whole life. If I'm in you, and I'm with you, and you're always with me, and we're always in and with each other, you're going to have a life that is productive and fruitful. And then he says, in verse 11, I, say I. I. Wow, there's people listening. My God. I want to go to Chucky. I have, say have. Okay, about half of us are saying, listening. I have, say have, told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes. Say yes. yes. Come on, say yes. 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 Your joy will overflow. This is a promise for you. Jesus says, in other translations, that his joy, God's joy, will be in you. And your joy will overflow. In other words, he'll put his joy inside of you. That makes his joy your joy. And your joy will overflow. You following me? John fifteen eleven, I have told you these things, so that, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Let's pray, Lord. Tonight we thank you for the promise of abounding joy. We thank you that you live in us, you dwell in us, and you're with us, and you forgive us, and you give us peace, and that we are in you, and that we have this eternal relationship with each other. I pray that tonight you would reveal to us more and more about how intricately united we are with one another, that we are truly one with you. And I pray, God, that you'd cause our joy to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen. Joy is a promise. As humans, we have a need. Remember what I said earlier? God's promises to us are very intentional to meet our need, right? And so if God promises joy, there must be a need that He's trying to meet. And one of the needs that we have as humans is simply to enjoy life. We have a need to have fun. We have a need to smile. We have a need to laugh. Most doctors say laughter is is the best medicine. Laughing? does something to you. Joy, or sorry, excuse me, in joy, to enjoy something, is to have joy in something. And so as you're doing things, as you're living life, God has made you in such a way that you would not be melancholy about it all the time. <coughs> I'm just getting your attention. But that you would have joy, that you would have gladness. Say gladness. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this throughout the night, and if I see you not saying what I say for you to say, I'm gonna throw my iPad at you. No, 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 no. You might keep it. I'm gonna throw uh, this at you. It's my keyboard. I won't do that. Gladness. God's made you to be glad, and now what happens when you're not glad? (laughs) When you're not glad, you're sad. Zayden, my son, he is hilarious. He uh, recently has learned to frown. Uh, somebody has been teaching him that. And uh, I'm kind of upset about it. But uh, we won't discuss that. So he does this little thing where, he, where, he, where he, just, he does this frown. Like, I don't even understand it. Like, he'll just look at me and do this. He, he lowers his eyebrows and, and does the frowny lip. I don't even know how to do that lip. I don't even know how to do that, and and he and then and then he just looks at you like you did something horribly wrong, and uh, and so we, we've been teaching him uh, to you know turn that frown upside down, and uh, <laughs> it works, you know. And actually, that doesn't work. He doesn't understand when I say that. But when you say smile, he instantly smiles and his face lights up. And there's something about us as humans that that we just intuitively know that to live a life of sadness, to live a life of sorrow, to live a life of despair, to live a downcast, distraught, melancholy life. If You don't know what melancholy is. Yeah. To live a life of despair... And sorrow and gloom is unfulfilling, isn't it? And so we have times as humans where we're happy. We have times when we're glad. But then we have times when we're sad. And as humans, we go up and down depending on our circumstance, depending on our situation, depending on what's happening around us. We have these ups and downs. but God has made us in such a way that we would have eternal and constant inner joy. You would constantly have inner joy. That circumstances on the outside would not determine what is happening on the inside. That you on the inside would have constant joy within you, disregarding your circumstances. There's a lot of self-help books out there about how to have a joyful attitude and how to be happy. And I'm not going to give you six or five steps on how to do that. I'm just going to declare to you that there is a promise and there is a way to have joy in God no matter what your circumstance is and no matter what your situation is. You can actually have joy. I'm not saying that when you have joy that you can't be sad. You can actually have godly sadness and have godly joy at the same time. But to be depressed is the absence of joy. God not wants you, as a believer, as his child, to not live a life of despair and depression. You may have feelings of sadness as you lose loved ones, and as times of seasons change and you move from city to city, or you lose people or friends or family or relationships or things that you love dearly, or people that you love. And that can be sad, but you can still have within you constant joy. possible, to promise. That sounds like a good gospel. Like what if even in the toughest time I can have inner joy? For some of us in here that have just learned to grow comfortable with a life of sorrow and accepted that You know, that's just just my life. Some of you have just passed it on by saying, it's just how life is, you know. It's just to be sorrow is my family trait. I'm saying that's not true if you're a believer, if you're a child of God. There's a promise. I don't care what circumstance you're in or situation you're in. There's a promise that if you're in Christ Jesus and he is in you, that you can have constant joy. And not only constant joy, but joy that overflows. Do you want that kind of joy? No? None of us. I'm excited. Does anybody want that kind of joy? I hope you figure it out one day. Let's pray and go home. I'm just kidding. God has made us to enjoy life. There's two mari- there's two primary expressions, or I should say there's two primary foundations of joy in your heart. There's two ways to have joy. If the promise Jesus gives us is, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I want us to look at this passage and I want us to put it down. I have told you these things so that, say so that, say so that. So there's, 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 Three parts to this sentence. You ready? We're going to take a little bit of English class. Three parts to the sentence. I have told you these things is the first part. You ready? What's the first part? I have told you these things. So the first part is this. Jesus says these things. The things I've declared to you, the things that I've said, my word sums up the first thing. The second thing is so that. So that. The second thing is so that. Say so that. So that. The second thing is. I gave you my word for this purpose. Now, what is his purpose? Well, that's answered in the third part. What's the third part say? So that you will, say, will, you will be filled with my joy. Jesus says that he gave you his promises. He gave you his words and his sayings. He gave them to you for the very purpose that you would have joy. In other words, God is saying that if you choose to set your mind and set your heart and look at and dwell on his sayings, his words, his promises, if you choose to set your mind on that, you can have inner joy, no matter what your circumstance is. I have told you these things. I dare you to go home tonight and read John 15, 1 through 10. You'll be encouraged. If you look at it as a rule, you'll be discouraged. If you look at that passage as a promise, Jesus says, I am in you and you are in me, and you go, my goodness, God is in me and I am in him and I'm going to bear much fruit because I am in him and he is in me. Gosh, that gives me joy. And as I even take all of Scripture, as I look at all of Scripture and I go, God has told me these things so that I will have joy and my joy will overflow. Are you following me? In other words, the promises of God, one of the reasons he gave them to you was so that you could have an inner sense of joy. Your primary, your foundation for joy must come from the promises of God because it is the only sure thing that is. The weather is not sure. You can't find your primary source of joy from what the weather is going to be like. I think we know what that means in Anchorage, Alaska. What was it last week? I wasn't here, but it was like 15 below. And now everybody's happy this week because it's 40 above. I don't blame them. It's not wrong to be happy for that. But it is wrong and it's destructive if the foundation and the primary source of your joy is dependent on the weather. My goodness, because if you live in Alaska, you're going to have a very sorrowful, filled life. And when summer comes, you're not going to sleep because you're going to love every minute of it. And the truth is, that's how most of us as humans and Americans live our life. I'm happy if the weather's good, if the weather's bad, life's okay. I'm not saying it's not I'm not saying it's wrong to be happy about good weather. I'm talking about that in a minute. I'm saying your primary, say primary. I'm talking about your foundation, say foundation. Your foundation, your primary source of joy for the third time must be his promises. So no, no matter what I go through, I can be sure that God's promises are sure to me and they're good to me and for me. And I can find joy. And I can be thankful. That's why a guy like Stephen in Acts chapter 8 is being stoned to death. And the Bible says he looks up and he sees Jesus. He smiles. He's filled with joy. And he begins to praise and worship God. The weather was not only bad. He was being stoned to death and he had joy. You know why? Because he saw Jesus. The promises of God are not summed up in a bunch of sayings. The promises of God are summed up in a man, and his name is Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have eternal life. In other words, you have life for eternity, and that can give you joy no matter your circumstance and no matter your situation. I'm not saying that when tough times are tough, you're fake, you put a fake smile on. I'm saying that when times are tough, you look to Jesus and his promises, and you can have an inner sense of joy. I've had times of despair in my life. When my wife and I have gone through tough times. I have had times where in the moment I am weeping with my wife. And in that same moment. In that same moment I am praising and giving thanks to God. Because he has given me eternal life. What I'm saying is that there is a real eternal joy that is yours. And you as children of God can live in this. If you choose to set your mind on that which is above. Jesus says it it this way in Matthew chapter 6. That if... Your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. Say light. But if your eye is bad, say bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. Say darkness. In other words, if your eye is good, set on Christ and his goodness toward you, your body will be filled with light. But if your eye, your mind is bad, your body will be filled with darkness. What are you looking at? Where is your eye? Where is your mind? When you wake up, do you allow circumstances to determine your inner self? Or do you allow your eternal circumstance to determine your inner self? That's your primary, but your secondary is that you can actually have inner joy through Christ, of course, but also you can have joy in the gifts that he gives. And one of those gifts sunshine and one of those gifts is warm weather one of those gifts is vacation and one of those gifts is sledding and one of those gifts is fishing and hunting and camping and laughing and comedy and etc 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 the bible says in James chapter 1 verse 16 that every good say good every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights If it's good, you can enjoy it. You can have fun and don't feel guilty like, oh, Gabriel said that my joy has to come from Jesus. Probably shouldn't have popcorn and watch this movie because it's really fun. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm saying have fun. Have heck of fun. Christians should have the most fun. Right? Listen, Christians should have the most fun. Jesus says in John 10.10, John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come to give you life, and life more abundantly. If you're a Christian, man, you should be overwhelmed with life and fun. You should have fun in everything you do. You should enjoy life. Why? Because you're going to heaven to be with God for all eternity. That's why in James 1, the Bible says, verse 3, that as you face various trials and problems and hardships, just, just be of good, of good courage and, and take delight in it and have joy. Why? Because it's going to produce something good in you. You're becoming more like Christ. and One day you'll be perfect. Just, where's your mind? Where's your perspective? So your primary joy is what he has said, his promises, and what we're talking about. But secondary, enjoy life. Enjoy the gifts of life. Money's not bad. What you do with money is bad. Can be bad. Enjoy food. Just don't become a glutton. Preaching to myself. Enjoy a movie. Just don't make it an idol. Enjoy sports. Just don't make it an idol. Enjoy gifts. God gives gifts. He doesn't want you to be completely in poverty. God wants you to enjoy life on earth. But he wants your enjoyment to come from within. That you know you're his child. There will be trials. And there will be problems. And there will be hardships in 2012. I promise you. But if you, by your faith, in Jesus, set your mind on him and his eternal promises, what he has said and what he has done for you. You can have joy in all things. Is that pretty simple? I, I can't, I'm not going to give you, you know, seven steps to have joy. I'm just going to say, look, where is your mind? Where is your, where is your perspective? Where is your heart? What do you think about You don't have joy like you're in Camparo and you're always just depressed. What are you thinking about? All the times that you failed and how everything around you is horrible? Or are you choosing to look at his sayings and what he said and what he's promised and how good he is? Because I promise if you do that, you will have joy.